My name's Dave, I like video games This is my podcast called Dave Video Games If you like games, well I'm the same So here's this podcast, it's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games Day video games. Whoa, those fireworks sound effects are certainly celebrating, and they're celebrating the end of 2019. It's 2020. We say goodbye forever to a whole decade. See ya to the 10 years that have gone before. The 2010s. The teens. The teenies. The 21st century's puberty. What a 10 years, eh? Hey, we've all changed a lot. I'm putting my hand on your shoulder as I say that to you now. We've all changed. And guess who is no different? Yes, that's right. It's video games. Video games have changed indeed between 2010 and 2020. We've seen the internet bloom like a very busy flower. And so playing and buying our games online has grown big time. It's been one of my favourite console generations, with seven years of playing my PlayStation 4 and all the great games we've had. Games are like blockbuster events when they're released nowadays. Their cultural esteem now almost matches movies and television. And the graphics are a tad more impressive too. I recently saw a tweet from at Reno the Bouncer, spelt R-I-N-O the Bouncer. On RenoTheBouncer.com, it says he is Iraqi, a pharmacist, a visual artist, a video gamer, Ubisoft star player, Assassin's Creed community leader, official Tomb Raider fansite founder, human rights activist, fashionista, and fiancé. What a busy guy. He recently tweeted his fave game from each year from the past decade, and encouraged people to do the same. I did, and it was fun to do. And hey, I thought I'd go one better than that. I thought I'd go one better and do an episode of Day Video Games about it. So here is my best game from each year for the last 10 years. Let's look back with nostalgic glee and a sense of worry that we're wasting our lives as we look back at the last 10 years. Starting with... 2010! 2010. The steering wheel of the United Kingdom was handed over from Gordon Brown to David Cameron. Brum! The iPad came out. Those angry birds begun the fight against the pigs. The TV show loss came to an end. Ugh. My mum added me on Facebook. I personally moved from Stoke-on-Trent to Manchester to chase a dream of comedy. Don't try and work out how long I've been trying to do this for. And uh, one or two video games came out that year. Mass Effect 2, Limbo, and God of War 3 were all released. Fallout New Vegas, Bioshock 2, Call of Duty Black Ops, and one that came mighty close to being my game of the year, Red Dead Redemption. But my choice for 2010 is Alan Wake. Not the most critically acclaimed of the bunch, but for me it really hit a spot. There's hints of Twin Peaks, Stephen King, a few pages of The X-Files. Alan Wake is spooky and exciting. I'd spied that it was from the creators of Max Payne, Remedy Entertainment, and was written by Sam Lake, who I was a bit of a fan of. You play as Alan Wake, 
a famous novelist trying to find his mysteriously disappeared wife, Alice, as he searches the small town of Bright Falls, shouting, Alice! 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 You fight enemies with a torch, using a light to weaken them, and then finishing them with a gun. Fighting with light might sound kinda lame, but the reality of it, looking for enemies coming towards you out of the darkness with a single beam of your torch, was tense, and it looked really creepy. It generally looks really great, from the dark black woods, to how the light burns intensely and sparks fly in slow motion when it meets the enemy, to the hallucinogenic gauntlet it throws at you. My favourite game of 2010 was Alan Wake. 2011 2011 A bad year for Osama Bin Laden, because he was shot in the head. Charlie Sheen declared that he was winning. Riots broke out in London and Manchester. We all had an extra day holiday when Prince Will and Kate Middleton tied the knot. Adele was rolling in the deep. Harry Potter flew his broomstick into the sunset in the last Harry Potter film. The games of 2011 included Skyrim, Batman Arkham City and Dead Space 2. We were concentrating very hard on faces in L.A. Noir. Duke Nukem Forever finally came out after 15 years in development. And it was terrible. This should have been completely expected. Duke Nukem is the dice clay of video games. This year's Call of Duty was Modern Warfare 3, and the last Call of Duty I properly cared about. But my favourite game of 2011 was Portal 2, the puzzle platform game developed by Valve. Pop an orange portal over there, pop a blue portal over there, it's Portal 2. Pop a portal on the ceiling, pop one on the floor, full forever getting faster and faster. Little did I know that this would be the last adventure from Valve. For me at least, for now. You probably don't even care. The humour had its own style of sinister and it was actually funny. There's nothing worse than a game trying to be funny and it isn't. I don't know about you, but I don't like bad jokes. Oh god they make me groan. Sometimes I even think it's a really good job that Grand Theft Auto is such a fun game. Because it's not half as funny as it thinks it is. In Portal 2, I liked how the environments were huge, but also underground. It made you feel quite small and a bit insignificant, which was very fitting with its weird sci-fi vibe. It added to the mystery and the mythos about Aperture Labs. How the hell did they make these massive chambers underground? Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons do a really great job voice acting, and it had a great ending. My game of 2011 was Portal 2. 2012 Upnum Gangnam style, it's 2012. The London Olympics. The Avengers assembled in a movie that showed Marvel was really punching you in the face now. It was the year of the highest skydive, where that bloke jumped from the edge of outer space and fell for ages and ages and ages, sponsored by Red Bull. Mums all over the world started reading again, picking up a book with the release of Fifty Shades of Grey. We learned that no love is invincible when Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes broke up. Jennifer Lawrence volunteered as tribute in The Hunger Games. What a big year. 2012 was also the year I would meet the person that would become my wife in 2019. Ah. The games this year included a lot of third ones. By which I mean Assassin's Creed 3, Far Cry 3 and Mass Effect 3. I don't know what the third Mass Effect did to annoy so many people, but it sounded kind of funny. I really want a remaster of the Mass Effects, and then I could find out. Borderlands 2, Halo 4 and Spec Ops The Line are all ones I totally didn't pay attention to this year when they were released. But I defo caught up on Spec Ops The Line later, 
And may I suggest listening to the episode of this podcast about it if you haven't. Speaking of things that are being ignored, the Wii U was released this year. Much to the confusion to everyone as to what it was. But what was my favourite game of 2012? Well, that was Max Payne 3. I love Max Payne. It all started in a video rental store one evening after high school. I heard good things about Max Payne. I'd read the review in the magazines. And now, there it was before me. On the shelf. The PlayStation 2 DVD case. Right in my eyeline. Unavoidable. This game was a ballet of slow motion jewel wielding gunfights and gritty dramatic narration that made me fall in love. I rented it twice before buying my own copy. Treating myself. Showing myself a little kindness for once. I had no idea what film noir was. Hell, I didn't know a lot of things back then. Max Payne is brill. Shooting loads of guns. A well-written story coolly narrated with a dark black tone. And in 2012, I was back with Max in Max Payne 3. Now, a funny bit of context about this game for me. This game came out on the 15th of May. And around this time, I had a really strong feeling that I was going to die. Yeah, like a real distinct inkling. Like an existential crisis-y kind of feeling that I might die any minute. Dunno. There was literally no reason for feeling this way, but I didn't like it and it was a little bit scary. I think I spoke to Danny Sutcliffe about it, and he was nice and understanding, but otherwise I didn't know what to do. Then I got Max Payne 3, and it kind of helped me sort it out. In Max Payne 3, Max is a lousy drunk, good for nothing, down on himself and just trying to disappear in South America. The Latin music mixed with the blurring double vision visuals gave the game a weird sense of dreamlike perception, and these confusing visuals and characters' despair synced with how I was already feeling as regards being inclined to believe that I was going to die. I also noticed that I was susceptible to the influence of this game, as Max was often drunk. And hey, if Max was drinking, then I might as well have a little drink too. If I'm drunk playing a drunk guy, that's surely super immersive. Yeah, like it's 4D or something. That's how it works. So, cheers. But, as the game goes on, and Max confronts his demons, it all started to make me feel a bit better too. I didn't shave my head like he did, but I did start to feel like maybe I wasn't about to slip off this mortal coil. And things could feel alright and okay again. Or as close to right as they ever could. And hey, I'd take it. By the time I was blowing up loads of cars in an airport, I was feeling okay again. Max Payne 3 stretches from rich parties to the poor favelas. From swamps to police headquarters, uncovering another conspiracy where Max is played like a fiddle again. I think it may have been one of the last great linear third-person shooters, with only Gears of War and maybe Uncharted springing to mind as the one still going. So nice one, and also thank you to Max Payne 3, my game of 2012. 2013 2013, the year we all remember as the year that Justin Bieber pissed in a bucket. We said goodbye to Walter White with the last season of Breaking Bad. Whereas with the release of Frozen, the Snow Queen Elsa said hello and go away and leave me alone in my ice palace. Go away, go away, and leave me on my own. That's right, isn't it? We were all bopping our heads to blurred lines and then actually listening to the lyrics and then shaking our heads. And then we just stopped moving our heads entirely and just looked at Robin Thicke with disgust. In Game of Thrones, there was a certain wedding you would have wanted to RSVP no to and just send a card instead. We went to outer space and into the past in the movies Gravity and 12 Years a Slave, respectively. 
but hey, maybe the 20s we'll see a franchise crossover. Kanye West released the album Yeezus, which had the song I Am A God, in which he declared that he was a god, and he told the staff of a French-ass restaurant that they should hurry up with his damn croissants. 2013 was an exceptionally good year for games. Tomb Raider was back with a promising reboot. We saw the release of The Last of Us, Bioshock Infinite, and Alien Colonial Marines. Even Assassin's Creed had a good one, with the pirate-themed fourth entry, Black Flag. In that game, the waves really showed off the graphics of the next generation of consoles. It was the release of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. We all took to the streets and got together in crowds of about 40 people and marched about shouting, Next Gen! Next Gen! Next Gen! What a great time! My favourite game of 2013, though, was... Grand Theft Auto V. It's always a big deal when a Rockstar game launches, never mind its big best boy, a new Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I don't have to tell you what Grand Theft Auto V is, and what it's all about. But notable things about Grand Theft Auto V were the three protagonists, the satire of the superficial LA lifestyle, the amazing graphics and realism in the world it presented, and the online mode. I didn't like Trevor as much as everyone else seemed to. I liked the actor, but the character Trevor, I thought it seemed a bit too much. And it was really annoying when you'd choose him and he would wake up on top of a hill in his pants. Funny the first time, I guess. Grand Theft Auto trying to be funny again. But then you'd have to run down a hill for ages to the nearest road in your pants. I felt odd at times playing Grand Theft Auto V. Like spaced out in a weird neon daze. Driving around, sometimes the slow motion effects from Franklin's special power, along with the ethereal synth soundtrack, gave it a like-I'd-taken-drugs feel. Have you seen the movie Spring Breakers? Because it reminded me of the movie Spring Breakers. Throw in the aliens and the hallucinations and the yoga missions, it's a weird game, for what is up there with the pinnacle of mainstream. A big part of GTA V was its online mode, which I never got on with. I didn't like how the focus on the online meant to my dismay that GTA V never had any extra single-player DLC. What makes it worse is that the extra stuff they have been putting into the multiplayer sounds really fun. There's an aircraft carrier heist mission, owning casinos sounds cool, and all sorts of new vehicles and things. It sounds really fun, but it's all online, and I just wish they'd made all those extra missions and things for the single-player. For me, because that's what I want. But I totally understand why they did what they did. Oh yes, it's because of money. It sets a precedent for what money can be made from this model, online purchases of in-game cash, and it further ushered in the scourge of microtransactions, which would plague the rest of the decade. GTA V is a good game though, especially when it came out back in 2013. 2014. 2014 was the year that people were pouring ice-cold water all over themselves in the Ice Bucket Challenge. Taylor Swift told you to shake it off. Pharrell was happy. You two forced themselves upon you as they automatically downloaded their album to your iTunes. Oh, you're welcome. At the Oscars, a bunch of famous actors all had a selfie. It was pretty lame, but now it's fun to see them all smiling and then you notice Kevin Spacey lurks in the background. The best toy advert in the world, the Lego Movie, came out. It was the year of posh British men doing biopics of important clever British men with a sense of tragedy in their lives, with the imitation game and the theory of everything. I hope the World Wide Web had insurance because Kim Kardashian broke the internet by posting a picture of her pouring champagne over her head and onto a glass which was balanced on her big bum. John Wick received a puppy. Aww. In my opinion... 
2014 was kind of rubbish for video games, as that first year of a new console generation has been known to be. There was Watch Dogs, and Far Cry 4, and Dragon Age Inquisition was meant to be good. We had the most bored you'll ever hear Peter Dinklage sound in Destiny. It was this year I bought my PlayStation 4. I got it with Alien Isolation and The Evil Within. The Evil Within was pretty good, with some great spooky enemy design, particularly a spider lady, like a spider-like creature with a woman's face. But it was a very hard game and I never finished it. And so my choice of game for 2014 was Alien Isolation, the stealth and survival horror nightmare based on those terrifying xenomorph lads of the Alien franchise. Although I must say I've not completed this one either, but only because it's too damn scary. Seriously. I like being scared. I watch a lot of horror, but I've started that game three times now. I've got quite far the second time, and I am determined that one day I'm going to complete it, but when I start it, and then I go away and have to come back to play it, I find myself choosing something that's a tad more relaxing. It's not to say the quality of the game is bad, if anything it's too good at what it does. They get the vibe of the first 1979 Alien movie down to a T, and I get fully immersed into the atmosphere. But hey, four times a charm, and it's on my list for this year, 2020. Gonna conquer the discomfort it makes me feel, and finally escape that damn ship. I wanted to know what the developers of it were going to do next. Someone on a comment section or on a reddit somewhere suggested that they should do a Jurassic Park game. And that could be amazing. Hiding from velociraptors perhaps in a kitchen, or standing still with a T-Rex looking for you. Could be really good. But I looked it up, and apparently, although sales were weak, Sega did consider a sequel. However, most of the team that worked on it doesn't work at Creative Assembly anymore. And so Creative Assembly continued to make the popular PC strategy series Total War. My game of 2014 was Alien Isolation. 2015 2015 was the year that it was established that if somebody invites you over to watch television and relax, then this is a lie. If someone invites you to watch Netflix and chill, they actually mean that they want to arrange for you to come and have sex with them. Well, oh. Justin Bieber's songs got actually quite good. Sorry? What do you mean? I mean he had some good songs. A dress was both white and gold, and blue and black at the same time depending on your eyes, and everyone argued and thought it was a real big deal. Treachery and disloyalty were rife, as Zane left One Direction. Mad Max amazed us by driving down that fury road. Jurassic World came out and stumped all over my childhood memories. See the thing is, Jurassic Park gave us a sense that dinosaurs were hunting you by creating tension and suspense. Whereas Jurassic World, the dinosaurs are just causing destruction and going crazy eating anyone. It's just this rollercoaster ride of nonsensical chaos that they think appeals to children. And sorry, I just don't think it's really as good- Okay. Video games! There were some big games in 2015. With Batman Arkham City, Bloodborne and Fallout 4, The Witcher 3, Halo 5 and, and Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Although Call of Duty was so confusing to me now by this point. Wall running? Custom smiley face sights on pink neon assault rifles? Running on walls? I had no idea who the bad guys in the single player were, and I don't think anyone but me seemed to care. A notable mention for me goes to Star Wars Battlefront. Although very lacking in content, I had a lot of fun on that game. I liked how this Battlefront had just the original trilogy. Very, very close to being my game of the year was Metal Gear Solid 5. However, it had too many problems. Most notably, a lack of real ending, and I'll never be on board with the inclusion of Keitha Sutherland. 
Ooh, it had a lot of problems. Now, it was actually a sports game that was my game of 2015. What? Well, sort of a sport. It's got a ball in it. My game of 2015 was Rocket League. Rocket cars playing football. It's the best sport in the world. It's three on three online. Football with rocket cars. Five minute matches. And the controls are just bob on. It's hard, but it's a skill you can feel yourself learning, which is satisfying. Best sport in the world, rocket car football. I mostly think football is really stupid. I mean, fine. You enjoy it, that's fine. But it's also so slow and boring, and 90 minutes of it. Nah. But Rocket League is the kind of football I can get on board with. Short. Rockets. Cars. I found playing football was really fun when it's with rocket cars and a giant ball. I played it loads, and I still play it. It's a good game to play while listening to podcasts. So why not whack on my 2015 Game of the Year Rocket League and listen to any episodes of Day Video Games you might need to catch up on. Rocket Cars. Playing football. Best sport in the world. 2016. 2016 was a year of death. All the deaths. David Bowie died. Prince died. Alan Rickman died. Carrie Fisher died. George Michael died. Gene Wilder died. Muhammad Ali died. Victoria Wood died. Fidel Castro died. Leonard Cohen died. Caroline Ahern died. Ronnie Corbett died. Paul Daniels died. Kenny Baker died. And there was another death. The death of democracy. Democracy died thanks to Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. And Donald Trump was elected the President of the United States. And the UK voted for Brexit. A lot of shit things happened in 2016. But hey, at least Lizzo was feeling as good as hell. Ariana Grande sang that she got you moving side to side. A lovely song about how crabs walk. Drake knew when you would need his love, and that was when the hotline bling. Hello, Drake's bling hotline. Would you like to have sex with me? We had a pretty good bunch of video games this year. They rebooted Doom and it was Ace. There was Firewatch and Overwatch. Stardew Valley. Some not amazing but pretty good ones, like Final Fantasy XV, Mafia 3, and The Division. No one was bothered about Call of Duty this year with Infinite Warfare. No Man's Sky launched with all its broken promises. Uncharted 4 was up there for best game for me, as was Titanfall 2. But, as well as being the game of 2016 for me, this game is possibly in my top 3 games ever. If not just because of how much I've played it, and for how much I've enjoyed it. It's Battlefield 1. The World War 1 first person online shooter, offering big chaotic battles that felt like war. Oh my god, I love its big chaotic battles. I think I've talked about this game a few times in episodes now, and I know this kind of game isn't for everyone. But it certainly is for me. I just loved it. Fighting in tanks, fighting in planes, fighting in boats and trains and airships and on a horse. I love the destructible environments that get torn up with every explosion until they're naught but a grim hellscape. I've never felt a more exciting and cinematic atmosphere in a game where I'm playing against other people. There's nothing more satisfying than doing well at it, and I got pretty good. Battlefield 1 was the one for me in 2016. 2017 In 2017, Kendall Jenner solved the world's issues with one single Pepsi advert. God bless you, Kendall Jenner. The tips of children's fingers everywhere were a blur with fidget spinners. La La Land won the Oscar for Best Picture, uh, whoops, wait, no it didn't, it was Moonlight. Whoops. 
Everyone really liked Salt Bay, the man who puts salt onto food. Dua Lipa had some new rules, she counts them. Blessed day, the handmaid's tale began. In 2017, we first saw that gif of blinking white guy meme, where there's like a blonde guy who blinks as if he's reacting in disbelief and taking a second look at something particularly surprising. He's got like strawberry blonde hair and looks a bit like the actor Jesse Plemons, who plays Todd from Breaking Bad. And, and the guy in the gif is like, it's like he's saying, really? And at the same time, like, okay. And also what? Like, hmm? That gif came out. You know it. In 2017, we saw the release of the Nintendo Switch, and along with it, the beloved Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, as well as the all-over-the-place Mario Odyssey. Tom Lawrenson had some interesting things to say about Mario Odyssey, so it's worth checking out that previous episode. If you haven't. This year, we also had shooting robot dinosaurs in the face with a bow and arrow with Horizon Zero Dawn. And Viking therapy, or at least dealing with mental health via Norse mythology, in Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Right at the end of the year, we had Star Wars Battlefront 2, and what a shit show that was, where they absolutely stuffed it by trying to include loot boxes that gave unfair advantages to those who spent real-life money, or draconian 40-hour grinding for those who didn't. This should have been a well-easy success. The Star Wars name was still riding high, and they promised to improve on the last one with more content and a single-player campaign. But they absolutely stuffed it up their own bum, mate. The backlash was hard. It was a delicious time to be reading the comments section. It still holds the record for the most downvoted Reddit comment as they try to justify their greed by saying their intent was to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment. So no, my game of the year wasn't Star Wars Battlefront 2. No, my game of 2017 was Resident Evil 7. As the main song says, Go tell Aunt Rhody. Go tell Aunt Rhody. Go tell Aunt Rhody that everybody's dead. Well, Aunt Rhody will be very surprised to hear that. It's Resident Evil 7. Resident Evil 7 was great. Resident Evil has been one of my favourite series since 1998. This Resident Evil took inspiration from the first-person scary haunted house trend that games like Soma, Outlast, Amnesia, Layers of Fear and the PT demo were doing really well. It's inspiration most notable by going first-person itself for the first time. It was also mixed with a crazy Evil Dead style opening, Texas Chainsaw vibes, hints of the Blair Witch and it even had a few Saw style games to play while also keeping the classic claustrophobic contained locations and puzzles at the core of Resident Evil. It was braille. I really loved the move to the first person perspective, and the shooting was probably my favourite in the whole series. I'd like to see it again, but with the classic zombies of Raccoon City. I've not played Resident Evil 6, but after the action-packed big muscles and thick necks of Resident Evil 5, I got the gist. But this was the return to form I was craving. My game of the year for 2017 was Resident Evil 7. 2018 For me, 2018 will always be remembered as the year that Cardi B threw a shoe at Nicki Minaj. I learnt what a French took is in the reboot of Queer Eye. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle got married. Man, whenever I look at the top things that happened in each year, the royals always get a mention. Like, who gives a shit? Well, obviously some people. But surely, like, Harry Potter brings in enough tourism for us to now sack him off. By um, I mean the monarchy. Sorry, Lizzie, Charlie Boy and Wills. 
Twelve young boys in a youth Thai football team got trapped in a cave. Sometimes it's not worth trying to get your ball back, lads. Brad O'Lily Cooper and Lady Gaga were both off the deep end. Watch as they dive in. They'll never reach the ground. Crash through the surface, where they can't hurt us. They were far from the shallows now. The shalalalalalalalos. The shalalalalalalos. In the movie, a star is born. Pour a 40 out on the curb for Toys R Us. R.I.P. The YouTuber Paul Logan made fun of a man he found in a forest who had hung himself from a tree. Then he somehow became more famous and successful from it, rather than being catapulted into the sun like what should have happened. In 2018, I was really starting to hate the internet sometimes. For video games, 2018 was the year of battle royales. Fortnite had come out the year before, but now it felt like it had really got going and ensnaring every child in the Western world, pitting them against each other in its sticky, sickly battle royale. Sorry, player unknown battlegrounds, your thunder has been stolen. Even Call of Duty wanted some of that battle royale pie, finally sacking off its single player entirely in favour of their own go at the game mode that everyone seemed to like. Not me. I don't get it. It's so slow. Like, the initial landing is quite stressful, I quite like that. But usually I land somewhere quiet and then end up hiding in a kiosk, waiting to bump into somebody else. I mean, it can get tense, but gosh, it takes so long. I'm surprised kids like it. The gaming fuck-up of the year for 2018 was Fallout 76, with a release of a game that was half-baked, sometimes broken, and often boring, followed by a price cut after a week. Far Cry 5 was rampaging across middle America, with a soundtrack of gospel music, and a bear that's your friend called Cheeseburger. Super Smash Bros came out on the Switch, and was a keen fave for the Nintendoers uh, out there. Marvel's Spider-Man came out on the PlayStation 4, and it was spectacular and also amazing. A real close number two for me for the game of 2018 was God of War. Fighting trolls and elves while being a good dad. But the winner was Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeehaw, this game is incredible. Stick em up. And what I'm sticking up is my two thumbs in appreciation for this game. There was mad high expectations for this game, if not just from me. But it got me right between the eyes. In the same way that GTA 5 felt next-gen, but today, so does Red Dead Redemption 2. It's the future today! Not just in graphics, which were certainly mad pretty, but also in interactions with the NPCs. It's often a long drawn out game, and I really enjoyed that. I'm a fan of a western, and they take ages. Even when travelling I liked the lengthy journeys as I soaked up the rolling vistas. And occasionally the journey would be broken up, when it was abruptly interrupted when my horse, left on automatic galloping, would run into a fence, sending Arthur flying and yelling. The story was brilliant. It being a prequel meant you had some idea how it might end, but the devil was certainly in the detail. I felt like I rinsed through the story missions this first time I've played it, and I intend to replay it again this coming year, but really take my time, while also being a right bastard. I'm going to take my honour and tie it to a railroad. A real bad guy outlaw. Deputy arsehole. I loved how I felt a friendship and loyalty to my horse. How I got to name them. Riding on my friends, Lil Stinker, Turbo Liam, and Lady Diamond Destiny. I loved the horse friendship. And how if you died in an accident, say you both fell off a cliff, your horse would be gone forever in permanent death. So it made for some heart-wrenching moments or frantic rushes to reload a save and undo it, undo it, undo it. There's no way for a horse to fall off a cliff gracefully. The wildlife in this game is the most realistic I've ever seen. If not just in their movements, that's depicted almost perfectly. God knows how they motion captured a pack of wolves. 
it was so good to the point it actually scared me a few times being pounced upon by an animal that you didn't realise was out there to get you is a sure way to turn me all yellow-bellied and lily-livered. The word outstanding technological achievement isn't a phrase that just falls out of my mouth like a dollop of pudding, but this game surely does make that pudding plop out my mouth. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a very brilliant game, and it was my best game of 2018. 2019 Hey, remember 2019? Do you remember 2019? What a crazy time. The Avengers Endgame came out and made all the money. We finally had a winner of the Game of Thrones. Congratulations. It was Greta Thunberg versus climate change and the middle-aged white men that would come for her. The royal family news was a bit of a laugh this time, with no sweat war hero Prince Andrew, lol. I got married. How romantic. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and I started a podcast called Day Video Games. The games for 2019 were pretty good. We headed back to Raccoon City in the Resident Evil 2 remake, and that was great, with Resident Evil continuing to be back to form. You could say that Resident Evil was back from the dead. <laughs> there was Days Gone, Star Wars Fallen Order, and Gears 5, because they can't be bothered to say of war now. Call of Duty went back to its modern warfare roots, as shown by calling it Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The Outer Worlds and Control possibly didn't get the attention they deserved. Although I say that, I've not bought them yet. But I want to. Shenmue 3 and Kingdom Hearts 3 came out to the amazement of their longtime fans. Untitled Goose Game ran away with our hearts in its beak. Naughty goose. But my game of the year for 2019 was made by a little genius you might have heard of called Hideo Kojima, and that game was Death Stranding. Death Stranding was brilliant. I love this game so much. It came out to mixed reviews. For example, IGN gave it 6.8. And I can't help but think that whoever was writing at IGN is a fucking thicko. IGN focused on the gameplay, saying it's boring. But I'm sorry if you find running from a whale made of ink that's been summoned by a ghost boring. I get that it's maybe not for everyone, because some people are idiots. Death Stranding is set in a post-apocalyptic world, where society has ended due to the line between the dead and the living being merged in a cataclysmic event. Your goal is to reconnect America, whose geography is a lot now like Iceland. You are to bring everyone together by delivering packages and finding new cities, avoiding terrorists and the ghosts that you are able to see thanks to having a little baby in a jar on your chest. Your little baby, as Mads Mikkelsen calls it. The design of everything in this sci-fi epic is so distinctive and cool. From the marauding chaps called mules, chucking electric spears at you and chasing you in their yellow scary trucks, to the robot pairs of legs that can automatically do a little delivery for you and trundle off with a cute tune. To the character design of everyone. The noises really stand out in this game. Both the soundtrack and the sound design are brilliant. The incoming notifying noise of someone getting in contact with you has a similar cliche-creating vibe of the ring-ring of that codec in Metal Gear Solid. There's something satisfying in the repetition of every time you hear the voice that greets you to a city. Welcome, Sam Porter Bridges. The use of music at key points is beautiful, such as when one song kicks in as you're walking down a large slope approaching a city after your longest, toughest journey yet. Ooh, it's good. And I think, I think, Hideo Kojima likes the band Low Roar. And now I do too. Some people like to do the very funny comment that it's a walking simulator where you just do deliveries, or it's FedEx the game. Well, we can all be a reductive twerp, can't we? 
What game do you like then, eh? 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 Dark Souls? Dark Souls is just rolling around and hitting someone with a sword. GTA? GTA is just a bloke doing crimes. Skyrim? Skyrim is just a nerd simulator. I'm sorry that you don't get it, and you don't understand Death Stranding, and because of that you've gone on the defensive, you big dumbass. Okay, sorry, now I'm being a jerk. But it's because I really, really like this game. And for someone to be that shallow about it, I can only presume it's them that's wrong. And as much as the online world can bring us together, it can divide us too. Because maybe we don't actually want to hear each other's opinions sometimes, thank you. But hey, pulling away and disconnecting from each other is not what Death Stranding's about. It's about the complete opposite. It's about connecting people. So I'm sorry if I've got worked up. Because you are so stupid. I just love Death Stranding. Death Stranding was my game of 2019, and Hideo Kojima is definitely, definitely a genius, and I don't care what you say or might think in your poo brain. So there we go. What a ten years. Wow. Hey. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. Of that bunch, would I be able to pick a favourite game? A game of the decade, if you really must? Hmm. If it comes to summing everything up, Summing up video games of the 2010s, I think it's Grand Theft Auto V. If not just for its console generation spanning popularity, then definitely its effect on the monetization of games and the online model. It made $6 billion. And because it's a good game, everyone seems to like. But, as for my personal favourite, and my choice is by no means for everyone, it's just for me. It's Battlefield 1. I think I played it more than any other game this decade. I actually reinstalled it the other day. Oh my days, to me it's so fun. Battlefield 1. Do I have any predictions for the coming 10 years? Huh, hmm, well, seen as you've asked. It's all about to start off with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S, and I think it looks like it's going to make buttons on the back of the controller a thing. The Xbox One was shortened to be called the X-Bone, and that put me off and made me annoyed. Now, with the Xbox Series X, it's obviously definitely going to be shortened to sex, which is a lot worse. And if Microsoft say that that isn't intentional and they didn't see that coming, then you need a big pair of bifocals. Maybe VR will become more of a thing? If Half-Life can't make it work, then I don't think it's going to happen. Although things like the Oculus Quest, where it's VR all in one setup, and just making it easier to sort out and play, will do it a world of good. As long as the best games get bigger, and the broadband promises of our internet suppliers aren't reliably kept, I reckon streaming video games won't take off too much as it's trying to offer a solution to a problem that isn't really there. But, otherwise, my prediction is that we'll have a whole bunch of new fun games to play. So bring on the future! Bring on the future right now! Thank you for listening to Day Video Games. Please check out the previous episodes, like the Twitter at It's Day Video Games, share it, subscribe, tell some people. Come on, get out there, mush mush! Follow me, David Stanier, at David Stanier, Go on my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash David A. Stanya. All the links to all this will be in the episode description. I've been David Stanya. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>